Turn your TV to channel 3 because it's time for the legend of retro podcast at bx8b.com. Welcome to the legend of retro. I'm your host Jay and I am Jazzy. And we are the Retro Guardians. Thanks for tuning in to our very first episode one, our first show of the Retro Video Game Podcast. Ooh, I like it. That's retro right. Guardians, I like it. Did you just pull that out of your head? Yeah, that's what we are, though. That's... I mean, if you think about it, like, retro games, we are the Guardians to make sure these stories, to make sure this history never is lost. We oh hold the information... Hold on, say that again. I'm writing this down. We're going to have to make a book. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do that off the air. People don't want to hear this shit. But here we are, guys. It's episode one uh, brought to you by the Detroit Beard Collective, our sponsor, and our parent company, BX8B.com. We want to thank both of them. And uh, we're here excited to talk about old school gaming. Absolutely. So um, being episode one, I want to spend a tiny little bit here and just say... um, we're going to be talking about old games. We're going to be talking about Atari all the way to probably your Xbox, GameCube, PS2. That's where we're going to cut it off. So it's going to range week by week through that through that world. We're going to have topics every week about what is retro gaming. That's our topic this week. Or, you know, what makes a game retro? You know, why do people consider the cutoff here why isn't it the Xbox 360 now, considering it's not current gen anymore? Right. You know, so we'll, we'll have topics to discuss, and then hopefully you guys will discuss it with us through our website. And uh, you can find us at thelegendofretro.com or legendofretro.com. Of course, all of those can also be found at our parent company, bxab.com. So if you can't find us, you're an idiot. Just kidding. Love you, don't leave us. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we're gonna uh, move into our new uh, strat- our new little layout here, guys. So bear with us. This is episode one. We're gonna work some kinks down. Hopefully, it'll be a good show, and we'll uh, we'll build up from episode one here. Let's move into it. Yeah. The topic of the day: What is retro gaming? What is retro gaming? What is Retro gaming. But, Jazzy, what is retro gaming? What? No. <laughs> Just 20 minutes, stuff is going back and forth. <laughs> How many views did we get on episode one? Uh, negative one. Somehow, some person unlistened. <laughs> I don't know how they could do that. All right, well, let me tell you a little bit of backstory here. Retro gaming, also known as classic gaming and or old school gaming, and we'll go into a little bit of detail about why they're different in a little bit later in the show. But basically what it's saying here is that it is playing and or collecting of older personal computer, console, or arcade video games. I'm liking that. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. These are usually based upon systems that are obsolete or discontinued. There you go. Which makes them retro. That's why we're making the cut at PS2 because, you know, PS3, Xbox 360, you still find a lot of their stuff in your general retail stores. I like how you said Xbox 360. It's the 360s. Yeah, that was like like gangster. Yeah. Um, If you don't know, now you know. (laughs) Oh, my God. We're going to know so much. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you can walk into a store and still buy a PS3. So yeah, it's I mean, not your, your general retail stores. I mean, obviously, you're going to be able to go into your, your actual game stores and stuff like that and get all this stuff. But we're talking about you go to your, your big box retail stores. They're still going to have your PS3 and your Xbox 360 stuff. 360s. Apparently, I can't say that. But <laughs> <laughs> that's why we kind of yeah. made the cutoff before that because you're still able to get that stuff from pretty much everywhere. Yeah, if you call Sony and tell them, I want to, I want you to make me a PS2, they're going to tell you no. If you call Sony and say, I want a PS3, they're going to sell it to you. So there you go. There's the retro cutoff. Yep. You could also go timeline if you really want to go that. They say typically retro gaming can go anywhere from the 1970s through the beginning of the 1990s. Fuck that shit. I'm not a timeline (laughs) guy, okay? For all you timeline retro people, go to hell. But I still love you. Listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, oh. well, yeah, I, I think me personally, and uh, you know, obviously this is all opinion, but I, I totally agree with the idea of manufacturing. So if I can get, if I can't get a system, um, you know, in a, in a store because the company doesn't make it anymore, technically that puts me into that retro concept. Do I think PS2 games are as retro as an NES game? No, I don't. You know, those are different generations in my life, and that makes them different, you know, retro. I also think timeline works in a different way, though. Okay, because if you look at uh, someone that's younger than us, a retro game to them is an N64 cartridge. Yeah. Because they have never yep. known the NES. It's personal timeline. It's based, a personal timeline, yeah. you know. Yeah, and some of those people can be gamers so that they can they can go past, you know, their birth. And they can learn about the NES, right? Maybe their father shows them the NES or something like that, right? Yep. But in the same time, their personal game timeline, the first system they ever played may have been in 64. Yep. So then that's their oldest system in their mind, unless they're shown something else, which makes that their retro start point. Yeah, My I retro mean, start point was Pong. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. like. I mean, you have the ability to kind of go back and find what was retro to somebody else and almost create it as retro for you. So, you know, I could, you know, if I was a little bit, if I was a little bit younger, could be like, oh, I remember playing Mario Kart 64. That yeah. was retro to me. But then, you know, your, your dad might come to, when I was your age, there was a game with a yellow circle and it ate dots and fruit and yeah. it was chased by ghosts. Ah! <laughs> right. And then you might go back and be like, oh, Pac-Man. And then, you know, can add that to your retro because Absolutely. even though it's before your time, you know. It's... Which Pac-Man is one of my favorites and it was before my time. Yep. At one point, And I mean, it's been through generations. Like everyone knows Pac-Man if you if you play video games. But, you know, Pac-Man definitely has transcended past you know my birth year it, it was before it and all of a sudden i love it you mm -hmm. know so yeah definitely but i think it could grow with you too so like retro to me is something that reminds me of my childhood and growing up yes and then as i get older and get into the newer games and stuff like that obviously more consoles more systems more video games will be added to that list so That's right exactly. right now we're in you know the gen with ps4 we're in the gen with Xbox One, yeah. you know, 30 years down the road when we've got maybe PlayStation 6 and Xbox, you know, whatever they decide they're going to call it this time, yeah. you know, we will... Xbox 360 squared. 360 squared times yeah. two. Yeah. And um, then we'll be able to say, hey, remember when we had this game on the Xbox One yeah. or we had this game on the PS4. So it grows with you the longer you, you yeah. know... I also think uh, we should just copyright it because I love it. I love the retro start, retro start, uh, start point, retro start spot for each person so like i could sit there and say mario duck hunt was like my retro start is like my retro start point. like <laughs> yep. you know that's the first like i remember pong and i remember like mega man on the floppy drive of my dad's computer but really like i remember falling in love with video games at the duck duck hunt mario combo you know nes package that i got yep like that you know and that's why you know that's why we're part of bit by eight bit and why and why BX8B exists. Like that's that's kind of the whole concept of that. And then the Legend of Retro obviously plays off the of Legend of Zelda and you know, so we, we really build around that world because that was the world that we we started yeah. in. The NES kinda Sega yeah, you know, maybe. Genesis era is kind of like where we started. Uh, we definitely have our hands and dabbled in you know, your Ataris and stuff like that. Was that was yeah. before that but time? Were, but like, if you played with an Atari, most for our generation, it was mostly your it was your parents' system, right? And you're playing it. You know, yep, exactly. Like the NES was bought for you. You know, yep. that, that's pretty much what it was. Or at least they told you that, and they played it when you weren't around. But <laughs> exactly. in the same time, it was technically like your first system. It was my first system. Um, but yeah, I do remember the Atari, and I do remember the 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 old computer, if you call it that. That you know, you put that three and a half inch floppy, a true floppy, in there and booted booted from uh, from MDOS. Oh yeah, MDOS. So, that was yeah. oh man, I remember those days. <laughs> but. Ooh. Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want people to chime in and tell me what what's retro to them. What, what why do they consider things retro? Especially like I, like um, you know, we do have a younger audience group listening, so maybe they don't understand what we're talking about. Maybe N sixty four is retro to them, and mm -hmm. that and it makes sense. It's all it's all relevant to to you to the person. So yep. Yeah, so definitely chime in. Let us know uh, what you had. What I guess what your definition of retro gaming could be, and then also um, drop us what system you started with. Like, what system was your first video game system? Yeah, absolutely. 
So what, it'd be cool to see what, where the, yeah. What it was your what was your first system and what was your favorite system? Because I feel like a lot of people now when they listen can definitely pick. Like I don't think it'll be the current system. Like I like you know the current systems out there are cool mm-hmm. and I and I play them, but like nothing will ever touch the Dreamcast to me because right. the Dreamcast changed the way I played video games. Yep, it just changed everything. Um, you know, the first time I held a controller that had dual joysticks, you know, changed the way you played games. All of a sudden, first-person shooters became possible. You know, so like, what what was it for you that that you know changed? That really took the gaming and took it to a completely different direction. Oh yeah, mine would be PlayStation Two because you had that the dual joysticks. You had the online capabilities to be able to play with your friends. You yeah. had a huge library in PS2. Well, absolutely. So, I I mean just the um, <laughs> I think that was like the very first time where I can actually remember the power up screen for PlayStation 2. Like I remember like PlayStation if if you play them in front of me, I could be like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah, the PlayStation I remember the One." Sound the, of ex- PS1. exactly. So like, just turning it on, I could instantly like, "Oh, that's PS2." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember the like the PS1 has the has that like just amazing boot up sound, but the PS2 has a sound and also had those streaming balls of light. You know, yep. like like you can you can remember. But no, again, nothing beats Dreamcast for me, where it's just this little orange like like fucking <laughs> yeah. squiggle and. Uh, you know, and for the same reasons, like that's what, like the Dreamcast really launched the uh, gameplay online for me. That's when I first got into it, where I was still using dial-up. Yep. To try to play games online, you yep. know, so my parents would pick the phone up, make a phone call, and drop me out of the game, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, get off the phone!" <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yep. You had uh, AOL instant messenger friends <laughs> tell them to get on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, you had a keyboard in front of you that you would type, and you could enter, like, uh, it was kind of like Twitter back in the day. That's how many characters you could type to talk to each other, because there was no chat unless you were on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, my, for my birthday one one year, my parents got me my own f- uh, dedicated phone line to the house, so that I would stop tying up their phone, their phone, yeah, their, second their line. phone yep. with the dial-up. So, like, that's the world that I remember, and that's where, like, gaming really shifted for me. Yeah. Um, Big for time. me, the PS2, the one thing, and this is so minuscule and you're going to make fun of me so bad for it, but it was the first like system where the looks were just awesome to me. It glowed. It glowed blue. Like oh, the, the appearance of the, the system. Appearance of the system. Sure, so sure. you hit the power button, like your other your your older gen systems and that, you turn the power button on, you got a little red light. Okay, it's on or it's off or a green light, whatever it is. This one like was actually like a blue bar that yeah. <laughs> like go You're, across the screen and it would glow the buttons and yeah. I was like, Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> I won't make fun of you at all because the Dreamcast was the same way for me. The controller itself had had uh multicolored buttons. So it was like, you know, yellow, green, blue, red. And then the V EMU, aka a memory card yep. that had a screen on it that <laughs> realistically was the dumbest thing ever. But when you plugged it in and you would play games, little characters would dance and shit on the screen. <laughs> yeah. But they were like eight bit. They they were worse than eight bit. They were like two bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you could take that VMU to school with you, and you could play Snake. Okay, it was just the line, the eight dots. Yep. But I play it all day long because then I could come home, plug it back in, and all of a sudden I got like a like an extra like life in this game. I was like, motherfucker, I played that all day and got an extra life. That's sweet, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, things like that, small the small things that I really appreciated in in those systems to try to push, you know, push gaming to that next level. Um. Okay, so. Why don't you? We got we got sidetracked there. Why yeah. don't you go a little bit into maybe the uh, the different definitions? Different of, definitions. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and let us know what you guys think because this kind of started the debate between you and me when I first brought it up. But um, basically, it says that participants in the hobby are sometimes known as retro gamers in the United Kingdom. Yes. So that's where retro gamers comes from, right. is they are participants of basically what is retro gaming in the United Kingdom. However, it says that the United States typically uses the terms classic gamers or old school gamers. Yeah. So, and I took the side of, I, I, I like retro, like I've always used the word retro gaming. You know, yep. I'm a retro gamer. I've heard, I've, like, classic gamer that I've honestly never heard of, but... Old school gaming or old school gamer that I can agree with some, but I just I I personally retro gamer 
I think transcends past UK for sure. But and you like yeah. you are old school gamer. That's what that you know. That's how. You, and I think what it is is like it's just terminology. It's I terminology, think, yeah. and I think I think if you walked up to someone that didn't really isn't really a gamer, isn't really in that in this world, they would probably say, "Oh yeah, those old games, the old school games." You know, that's just versus like someone that's a gamer that would yeah. say, "Oh, retro gaming." Oh, it's so just terminology like anything else. Terminology, um, you know, the area that you live. Like a per- perfect example of this is. Uh, since we live in Michigan, it's pop. If you want something to drink, hey, I want a pop. If you go in any other state in the United States, it's soda. Yeah, well, that's because they're all idiots. So <laughs> okay. it could be something as simple as that where it's like kind of like the area and the terminology that they use in that specific region. I mean, so. that's part of it. But I also think it's part of it, like, you, like I was saying, though, where it's just if you're into the gaming world, then you understand what retro gaming is. If you're not, then you you would simply use old school because they're old games. You know, old gaming. Right. You know, I could see that. I could also see why classic exists too. So, but retro gaming is the way I'm going to go. It just it it is more close to your heart. Yeah, I guess the so. word retro gaming. But, um, why do you think retro gaming is a thing? Like, why do you think people want to play old games? When you have, when you have, like right now, we sit in a world that has more video games than it's ever had, and the current systems produce video games every week. Okay, mm-hmm. never used to, it wasn't that it never used to be that way. Right. So, why do you think people still and, and, and right now as we speak, retro gaming? I would say is it's more popular than it's ever been. You know, and and but why? Um, I think it's a combination both between. Um, people that used to play, like, kind of bringing up what we were saying is um, going back to your childhood. So when I used to play video games with you when I was younger, it would spark a specific memory. And then, oh, hey, I really enjoyed this game. Or I remember when we used to, you know, stay up all night at our overnight sleepovers and play NHL 92, you know, and stuff like that. So then, like, you have something later in life kind of trigger that memory. And then you almost want to kind of like relive it. Like, hey, let's go take a look at this. I remember when we used to play this all the time. Let's, you know, throw it back into our system and, and give it another go. So it's kind of reliving those old memories. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. And I think we're in this generation that the previous generation has probably done it a little bit, but the gaming industry was so young then. They, they, you know, their whole life, the previous generation to us, technically at some point in their life, didn't have video games. Right. Right. So. I would say this is we're the first generation that technically has that ability that now that we're older, we have that ability to turn back and say, I don't really remember a time that I didn't have video games, right? Um, so I totally agree with you that part of it is reliving the past and just and cherishing those moments. You know, like when I play Mario, it's just like it's the most genuine, true, just gaming moment. Yeah. You know? Is like, have I played games that, that like, as far as it being sophisticated and just amazing, jaw-dropping, yeah. Like, holy God, I never expected video games to be like this. You know, um, how many times have we said that, though? You know, like, yeah, we got exactly. Sega Genesis, and we're like, oh, my God, I never thought video games could look this good. And then Nintendo 64 came out. We're like, oh, my God, video games can never look better than this. Yep. And now you go play a Nintendo <laughs> game, and you're like, Oh wow, <laughs> this is hard to even figure out what I'm doing right, anymore. Exactly. Like, what am I even looking at right now? So, I think uh, another part of it though is is that from uh, from a gaming side, like, why is retro gaming popular? Is because because gamers are there's more gamers than there ever were. You yep. know, before it was like you had people that played games, but they weren't gamers. It was just like it was it was a hobby. It was it was something to do to pass time, just like going to the drive-in, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's like you know someone like me who has a wall of these games. And half of them I haven't played. It's just the fact that having them on the wall is like it's like a it's a tro they're trophies, you know, they are. They're they're in a sense a trophy and at the same time, like you said, it's like I remember playing this game as a kid. Yeah. It doesn't mean I go play it every day now, but I like the fact that I have it. Yep. You know, so And maybe this is just me not being um aware of uh, the surrounding gamers when I was younger, but I remember growing up you and I would be playing you know, our video games and we'd play with all our buddies. 
the very, very, very few girl gamers that I could remember back in the day. Sure. And now the, the you know some of the numbers and statistics they're coming out with are saying that females actually own more consoles and females actually have higher gamer numbers than guys at this yeah. point. And so and, yeah, and your gaming is it's it's close to a fifty fifty. It's almost it's it's close to right. a balance with the with the concept that it, it might actually favor their the female side. And uh, yeah, that is interesting. You know, when you think about it, because when you grew up, you, it almost seemed like if a girl liked video games, they were almost like teased and. and ostracized for right. it. Um, so was it that there were girl gamers and we just didn't realize it? Or was it that there legit was lower numbers I think in female legit, gamers? I think it legit was. I just think it was, you know, I remember growing up and it was like, boys played with G.I. Joe, girls played with Barbie. You know? Like exactly, that, right? exactly. And, yep. and that's gone away now. Like, does, does G.I. Joe and Barbie still exist? Absolutely. But does it, does it necessarily mean that, is it the same way? No. Like, you know, there's a reason why G.I. Jane exists, you know? There's a reason why, like, things like, like you know, and, and we've seen boys that want to play with Barbies, you know? Yeah. So, like, it, whatever, however it goes, it's, it's more blended than it's ever been. It's more accepted. So, and I think, again, you have our generation and the tail end of last generation that had kids, and because we're gamers, we introduced them at an early age, no yep. matter what sex they are. Yeah, absolutely. So it's created it's created this this very healthy, balanced you know uh, group of people that all enjoy video games. So then, I guess another point that I would make in what why there's such a larger number of retro video gamers now is the companies that created these games to this day are still creating games. So. You might have a younger person that, um, you know, hey, they got introduced to the Xbox or the Xbox 360 and they didn't know about all these older games. And then they're going to plug uh, Yoshi's Woolly World into their Wii U. And sure. They're going to play it. And then their dad's going to be coming in and be like, oh, Yoshi, I remember that guy from back in, you know, the Mario Brothers. And then 20 like, years ago. Yeah, Mario Brothers. What's that? And then they're getting their their kids and stuff like that into retro gaming showing them like hey this is where you're at now Yoshi's Woolly World this is where Yoshi started Mario Brothers NES yeah and then yeah. they're playing through all of the games you know from the beginning to you know the current game so they're enjoying the seeing like where stuff came from so yeah. I mean this happened to me I picked up one of the most recent Zelda games and I was like I remember playing Zelda as a kid but I never played all the games so now I'm going back and like playing them you know through from the start to like seeing yeah. the evolution of Zelda absolutely yeah exactly I mean, I'm, I'm the same way with Metroid you know like and uh, though I don't have as many Metroid games as there are Zelda games, I, I enjoy playing them all. And it's usually if I get into one, I end up going and playing the rest of them because I just get on that kick. It's yeah. the same with Mega Man. You know, same. You know, I'll go back. I'll play Mega Man Two because I just it seems to be one of my favorites. And because I play Mega Man Two, I'll once I finish Mega Man Two, I'll end up going and playing a bunch of the other Mega Mans. So yeah, it's like I remember my sister the other day had pulled out her Sega Genesis. She's like, "Look what I found buried in my closet!" And I was like, "Oh!" And I literally dug through my closet to find my old in case of video games so that I could pull Sonic out and we could play Sonic again. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's crazy to think that uh, those like now to see the history. You know, like Sonic was created in our lifetime. You know, yep. and now it's like now like. There's parts of museums that have like the history of Sonic, yep. you know. So it's pretty wild to see that that it's it's grown that much and become that important to to you know part of our society that it you know has a museum. It ha you know yeah. you can go like we went you know we went to uh, our first video game convention and there was a museum by it called the EMP in Seattle and they actually had a whole video game like hall. Yep. There was like the history of Nintendo and the yeah. history, like things like that. And it was so cool, you know, and it was like, you, like as you walked through it, you were like, I remember when that happened. I, like, and, like, and then, and like you said, you'll sit there, you'll see something, you'll be like, I remember that. And because of it, you'll be like, you'll remember exactly that you were in a KB toy store, so which doesn't even exist anymore, yep. you know, to get, waiting in line to get, you know, that yeah. item. So it's pretty wild. 
Yeah, one of the coolest things I've seen in that museum, too, is they had the history of the Super Mario. And they literally had, like, the very first Mario and then, like, the Mario now on yeah. current-gen system. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't realize there was, like, 30 different character changes of, like, what they interpreted Mario as from yeah. Super Mario Brothers. And every once in a while, there was just that one really weird one. That, yeah, like, that, they're like, like, I didn't, like, <laughs> I remember this, but, like, why did they even do this? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right, so before we move on to uh, the next piece, I just want to, we're going to get something off our chest here. Favorite retro video game ever for Jazzy? Who? Um, going off of my idea of what I think retro is and the fact that it brings back memories in my childhood, my favorite retro video game would have to be Twisted Metal 2. Okay, Twisted Metal 2. Uh, when that was on the PS1? PS1, yeah. slash, you could get it for... Well, yeah, you've been, able, you've been able to get it for other yeah. systems, but it started on PS1. PS1, yep. I played a lot of Twisted Metal 2. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, that I was loved great. it. Yeah, and you think about how many games that's... Like, Twisted Metal was that first style of, like, destruction derby multiplayer. Yeah. And think of how many games have been made because of Twisted Metal. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but, like, if you played through the actual, like, storyline, like, hey, you have to defeat these guys, and then there's a final boss, which is Calypso. You'd play through as the your favorite racer, and then, like, I didn't realize this at the time, but I played through and finally beat the game. And I go on top of this building, and I'm meeting Calypso, all right? And then, like, this story happens where it's like, oh, yeah. Well, this is what your wish is. You won the tournament, so here's how I spun it to make it, like, a bad wish. Or something like that. Like, you wanted to be famous, so I took your face and stretched it across the sky. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now I have to play every other character so I can see what their ending is. Yep, (laughs) yeah, it was one of the first times where you got alternate endings based off your character, which, again, is another popular thing that you see in all sorts of games. But, uh, yeah, man, Twisted Metal, solid, solid, solid choice. Um, I'd have to say that my choice, uh, you know, the easy one would be Metroid. You know, right. Metroid is so, is, and, and the, a particular Metroid would be it'd be Super Metroid for the NES, Super NES, sorry. And that game is arguably my favorite game of all time. It uh, brings back memories of playing that with many friends and just and spending tons of time on it. Uh, being at a younger age, not understanding anything about the game, but just enjoying it, even though I had no idea how to beat it. To the point where the first time I beat it, but I would have to say. Since since it does fall into the retro criteria for me, Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, Fantasy Star Online for the Sega Dreamcast was. This is crazy to say it, but it was life altering. It really changed gaming for me in the sense that I was playing with other people that I didn't know. I was playing with people who kn- who knows where they were from, right and. Because of it, like, yeah, you, I would group up with friends, you know, it was like you'd have a team of four people to play the game, but you'd end up in these lobbies of people and you could, like, trade items. It was the first time where it was like, I really want this gun. And then, you know, you'd be, again, typing on a keyboard and you'd be like, and the guy would be like, I have this gun, I really want this. And you're like, oh, I have that. And then you would actually trade. But it was raw, it was like, there was no trade function. It was like, okay, you drop it on the ground, and then I'll drop it on the ground, and then we pick each other's items up didn't always work that way right okay? so um yeah i just it was one of those games that i believe now if anybody enjoys an mmo if anybody enjoys like so many really cool online features of games you really need to pay tribute to one of to that game um a couple other games around that time that really kind of started that like, yeah you know, like the full open world online multiplayer concept. Yeah. But yeah. even the trading with a stranger. Yep. Trading an item. I want that hand cannon and you got that bow. You know, I'll trade you this bow for it. And there wasn't even a trade function. You just had to drop it on the ground and hope. Yep. Well, guess what happened? A lot of people got ripped off. So guess what got made? A, a trade, trade function. function you yeah. know, <laughs> things like that that just were so, you know, to see that. Like I, I watched a lot of even within the world of of Fantasy Star Online because we had Fantasy Star Online two, we had Fantasy Star Universe, and to see like all the things that grew within just that game because of it being so innovative, so new, so first time this has ever been tried, trial and error. How do we make it better? 
So I, I give a lot of credit to your online RPGs and your and your MMOs and things like that. That uh, you know a lot of it get is capable of doing what it's doing because of that game. Yep. And that's why it's one of it's got to be one of my all time favorite retro games. Oh man, good pick. Good, yeah, good solid. Pick. I mean, it's not Twist Metal too, but good pick. I still play. I still hook up my GameCube to play Final Fantasy online. And uh, they've hacked it so that there's servers that these people have built so that you can still play the game online with people. Oh, tell somebody to hack the Killzone 1 servers. And then I'll, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll be on that. Oh, boy. Killzone 1. That's another one that I'm surprised you didn't pick, but yeah. but your choice was was really good. Um, I want to go a little more retro. A little more, yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, guys... Chime in, let us know what you think, uh, or sorry, not what you think, what your favorite retro game is. So I, we want to know your favorite, you want to know your favorite retro system and then your favorite game. Obviously, they don't have to They don't have to be the same. They have to be the same, but I would assume most of the time they probably will because mm-hmm. my game is Dreamcast and the Dreamcast is my favorite. So it just kind of you know works together. But um, well, Mine's different. That's true. Yours mine's, is My yeah. favorite system's PS2 and... Yes, yeah, Metal 2 is on PS1. Yeah. Well, you're a freak, but you know who's, kind of, <laughs> who's worrying about that stuff, right? Um, so yeah, just chime in. Go to thelegendofretro.com, and right there you'll see our podcast list, and you can see you can leave comments right on the podcast. So just go to thelegendofretro.com or legendofretro.com, and you'll be able to find the comments, and you can just let us know what's your favorite system and what's your favorite uh, game, retro style. Now... We got a new time. We got a new, new. Well, not new segment, but for this show, it's new because everything's fucking new. Yep. We have retro relapse. Jonesing for a classic game? It's time for retro relapse here on Bit by Eight Bit. Retro relapse. All right, guys. So retro relapse is evolving a little bit because now that we've moved into this retro show. Um, we get to spend a little bit more time on Retro Relapse. Yeah, you're going to know shit about these games that we didn't even know about these games. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very true. So we st- we still pick out a game. We still um, are um, picking... We're still playing the game the night of the show, that, of the recording, sorry. And then we're going to give our opinion about the game, talk about it, and also we're going to deliver... You know some facts about it, any any weird history that we found, uh, and things like that. So um, this week we selected an N64 game, Nintendo 64. We hooked up the Pikachu N64 system. We put this cartridge in. We flipped the power on, and Pikachu's little cheeks turned red. Pikachu. And then something happened to the Nintendo 64 logo. It blew up. It got cut in half by a chainsaw, thrown off the screen by a squirrel, and then the squirrel said, get this ugly logo out of here, and then pulls out (laughs) his rare logo and slams it down. That's right, we play Conker's Bad Fur Day, folks, on the Nintendo 64. So, for those of you that are not familiar with this game, it is uh, always talked about. It's It's a rather rare game. It's pretty expensive to get your hands on nowadays, but rather rare. <laughs> rather rare. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, it's the manufacturer, or the developer. Um, but it um, is the, it, there's a lot of, the reason why it's so pop, or so, there's so much history to it is because N64 was a very kiddie system. You know, it was full of Mario, it was full of Yoshi, it was full of just fun games that were rated E for everyone. Except for Conquer. Conquer was for mature. Conquer. 17 and older. 17 and older, right on the box. So, yep. uh, Jancy, why don't, why don't you give us some info, oh. on, info on the game, and then we'll talk about it. I'll drop some info. Drop it. And then I'm going to give you a short description of the game, and then you could tell me about how it was to play this game, Jay. <laughs> Sounds good. You played Sounds it too, good. but... Well, yeah. So, Conker's Bad Fur Day, all right? The developer was by Rare, published by Rare. The platform, it was only on the Nintendo 64. Yep. All right. The release dates, it released in Australia May 25th, 2001, in Europe April 6th, 2001, and it did release for us here in the United States on March 5th, 2001. Good. Good, good. Sounds good. 2001, wow. 2001, I know. It seems like it's just yesterday, doesn't it? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Conker's Bad Fur Day basically follows the story of Conker the Squirrel, He's a greedy, 
heavy drinking Red Squirrel, who attempts to return home to his girlfriend Barry. The gameplay is composed of various challenges involving platforming, solving puzzles, fighting enemies, and gathering objects. These challenges are split across multiple chapters, each with a different theme. The game also features a multiplayer mode where a maximum of four players can compete in seven different game types. And it's a great game. That's <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. um, I played... I. Okay, so let's let's start with the history of, of my personal history of this game. I played it a little bit until my parents realized how messed up this game. <laughs> no, um, they they did you know. So I don't think I actually ever owned Conker's Bad Fur Day back in the day, um, but I played it with you know fr- at friends' house stuff like that. And it, it's a the multiplayer is fun. Uh, like you said, there's seven different modes that are that are just it's kind of a part like party mode. So you're not playing the real game when you're playing multiplayer. You're just right. you're playing like fun competition modes to see one you know who's who's the best out of the four people type deal. And it's split screen like old you know old school before old online school, play. So double oh seven you know, golden eye bond. You're building cardboard <laughs> cardboard dividers to hang on your TV so that people aren't screen cheating. You know, think, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. There's there's a term that some people may have no idea what that means. Okay, at one point we didn't play someone in in Russia. What we did was we played someone that sat right next to us, yep. and they'd memorize the damn map, and they'd just glance at your side and be like, oh, I know exactly where he's at, and then they'd come and kill you. Yep. Okay, so we built cardboard dividers <laughs> so that when we yep. sat next to each other, we couldn't see each other's screen. Yep. Um, I believe the term was screen cheaters. That's yeah, screen, what we called everybody. Yeah, screen cheaters. Could be sure. a screen cheater. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, yeah, so the multiplayer is fun, but the the game really shines in the single player mode, the story mode, which is, is very much like a Super Mario sixty four, uh, Donkey Kong sixty four platforming game, three dimensional platforming game, and uh, the I think where this game shines and why it's become this kind of classic, this cult classic, is the writing and just the weird characters and and the the world they create. That's like, why is this on Nintendo? <laughs> You know why? Why am I getting? Yeah. Why am I getting drunk as a squirrel right now? And then like, wh- you know, stumbling around and talking to like you know giant gargoyles that are cussing at me. It, it just it just didn't fit that world. But because of it, it became this very interesting game that people, you know, like. And it has. Um, we did get another Conquers on Xbox, the original, and and that's it. So we've had, there's two Conquer games. And they're both very hard to get. You're talking. You're talking. The cartridge is almost a hundred dollars now. Um, to get a complete in box is almost. You're, you're upwards, almost closer to two hundred dollars if you want a clean, clean box, clean set. Com, you know, instruction yeah. booklet, all that stuff. But if you're a game collector, this is like one of those games that you just want in your collection. Like it's so much fun. We played it. Uh, you know, we played it today, and. I just I didn't want to put it down. I wanted like it, it's weird. I play a lot of retro games that like I believe, back in I guess you imagine you think about back in the day when you played it and how much fun it was and how amazing it was and all this stuff and then you play it and you're kind of like, man, I can't play this. It's just it's not what I remember. This game though, you play it and though it takes you a little time to get used to the N64 controller again, you just gotta you just love it. You keep yeah. playing it and and the story drives you and it just it's a fun game. Yeah, for as rare as it is, I do have some good news, though. Uh, there was a remake called Conquer uh, Lo- Live, and, Live Reloaded, and Reloaded, which, which is was the, the one I, that they released on Xbox in 2005. Yeah. But also, for any of our new-gen um, game players, if you own an Xbox One, the Conquer game can be found in the 2015 release as Rare Replay. Yes, that's right. I forgot it was on there. So if you're able to pick up Rare Replay, which is 30 games for $30 on Xbox One, and they play a whole bunch of uh, rares, basically <laughs> games that they've it's created a, over the years. Yeah, it's a great collection. Conquer is actually part of that Rare Replay, that's, so you can yeah, get it there. I totally forgot about that. I kind of, I would totally, now that we played this. We should check that out. Yeah. See, see how different it is. How different it is on the yeah. Xbox One. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Conquer's Bad for a Day. Um, such a fun game. Such a unique game in a weird way. In a way that's like, should I like this game? Like, should this <laughs> yeah. or, or what? Yeah. So it's um, 
I don't well, know. first of all, you're a drunk squirrel, all right, and you basically get thrown over a waterfall by this gargoyle, which is just crazy. And then there's like this cutscene where there's like this German duck. That's not just a regular German duck. It's got like this bionic eye and like no legs, and it's in like this floating hover chair. Like, <laughs> and he's just speaking all these like in English, but like there's a very German accent, and he's talking to like the the overall bad guy of the game which, which is like, like black this panther. king black panther which the king black panther s- sounded like he was gonna die yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how he talked every every yeah the the voice acting is uh is on fire okay but again though the create the world they created is so weird it's so weird that you're like what why the what the hell's going on like you got this like um drunken uh, scarecrow. Yeah. And, and they're like, what's your name? Birdie. And they're like, your name's Beardy? No, Birdie, because I scare birds away. You know, like, <laughs> yep. and it's just really... And the whole game is asking you for money. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me your money. And then there's hidden money, like, all throughout the game that, that talks to you. Like, when you get near it, they're like, hey, come get me. <laughs> hey. And, and you're like, okay, there's there's some money here I gotta find. It, the game is so weird, but so much fun. Um you know, your weapon is a frying pan. You just attack people yep. with frying pans. You have TNT plungers, and uh, the game overall is just yeah. So your main weapon's a frying pan, right? And you're dating and a hot and bunny and chick. That's <laughs> true. But then there's little circles on the ground, and those are like uh, pad activators, which give you different weaponry, and you can uh, utilize TNT. You can become an anvil. You can use shotgun. You can use throwing knives. You can use a slingshot. But only on these little circular pads. Right. Like, you can't move away from the pad or else you can't use them on there. So, like, but the rest of the game you walk around and you just basically swing a frying pan at people. Yeah. So, but, uh, so we played it today. Visually, I mean, for an N64 game, I was, I was happy with it. it. It looked really good. Controls were solid for, again, like, I, like comparing it to Super Mario 64, Donkey Kong 64, two other games that are about, are the same concept they had great control scheme. This was right on par with them. So, yeah. um, very you know, very much playable. Like you could play this yeah. game and enjoy it. You weren't frustrated because you you know you weren't getting torn away from the game because of the controls. Yeah, really. As far as like downfalls for me, there's really two things I really didn't like about this game. And not that I didn't like them; they were just kind of an annoyance to to me and my in playing them. Um, one was camera inversion. I hate the fact, and this could be something that we could fix in settings, but I hate the fact that the camera was inverted. So it's like if I want to look right, I have to press left. Like, that just annoys me. And then the map edging seems to be a little off. So it's like I'd <laughs> run to what I thought was, like, the end of the map, and then I'd go to jump, and apparently I fell down into the waterfall. And see, that's partially, though, that's because of our current gaming. Right. Like, like I think if we played Mario or Donkey Kong, we'd have the same problem. You know, oh, yeah. We just we assume that the, the the floor detection and hit detection and all that stuff is going to be, you know, we're so used to how accurate it is nowadays that the that we have to adjust to that. Yeah. Um. But you know, I agree. The the camera angle, you know, any camera work on the N sixty four is a little wonky because you only had the one joystick and then you had to use the C buttons right. uh, to move things. So like Turok was weird, GoldenEye was weird. Yeah. You know, but uh, um, but. Within the N64 universe, it was one of the best. Like, it was a great... Like, I put it up there with A-plus games as far as the mechanics. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you want me to give you a cool little tidbit about this game? I do, yeah. So, this game was in development for four years, all right? It was originally intended for a family audience (laughs) under the title Conqueror's Quest, okay? Okay. But then it was retitled, after that, 12 Tales, Conquer 64. (laughs) The prototype fell under criticism, being deemed both too cute and similar to Rare's earlier platforming games. So then it was retooled towards mature audiences. So this was supposed to be like a cute, fun, little, you know, family-oriented kids game. And they were like, hey, Rare, you've done this like a hundred times. Do something else. So then they retooled it to what is Conker's Bad Fur Day. It received uh, critical acclaims from video game journalists, but unfortunately sold way below its expectations due to the 
release at the end of the life cycle of, of Nintendo 64. Yeah, it was in release plus plus it had the mature tag on it which most most parents that, you know, bought it in 64 I think I think a lot of people were like, oh, it's. I mean, not only did it have the mature tag, but mm-hmm. across the whole bottom of the box, and you know, and the box is like orange and yellow and stuff. So in a big white square on the bottom, it says "Not for audiences under 17. Right. Like they really wanted to point out the fact that, like, yep. you know, nowadays it's like, if it's an M, there's an M. If it's an E, there's an E. There's no extra warnings on the damn thing to sit there exactly. and scream at you. It's like you know, do your research and and know what you're buying, but. Not, but that back then they wanted to like it was almost like a cigarette carton. It was like this will give you cancer, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so and to kind of spin into like our our topic before this, and um, I feel back in that day, putting a mature seventeen game out was gonna hurt you because I feel like a lot of kids gamed more. Um, in our previous segment, we were talking about the amount of people and like who they are that are gaming now. I feel that a lot of like since we grew up on video games as kids we get our parents back into video games. So I know that I play video games with my mom and dad, you know? So, you know, I don't think that playing a game that was MC or M17, you know, Mature 17 back in the day was good because I don't think as many parents were gaming back then. And there wasn't that many of them. If you think about, like, think about the transition of, like, you know, the first couple uh, Grand Theft Autos, like, the, like... There's a lot of heat about those games and people didn't like them. Right. You know, so it was like, oh, well, we don't need a violent game to be fun. We just need a fun game. And so I think it was hard to, it's, you know, it's the same idea like in the movie theaters when people are like, oh, well, if you give your movie an R rating, you're, you're limiting your audience. Right? Right. And it's the same thing on gaming to a point. Nowadays, it's like, God, every, every game, that, every other game that comes out is like a shoot 'em up, kill 'em game. So, like, it's saturated the market now. M rating almost doesn't mean anything. Oh yeah, I mean you know they still you know if a kid walks up with an M rating, they're still going to ask you for their ID. You know, and they're still going to not let you buy it if you're under that age. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, the, the parent will either either buy it for them or like they'll just they'll find you know a friend that is of age to get it for them. Like oh yeah, you know, I could walk into a store when I was a kid with an M rating video game, and I'd be like, I want to buy this. Oh, you're not of age. And then I'd hand it to my mom, be like, "Can you buy this for me?" She'd be, like, "Oh hell no, you're not. Right. You're not going to play this game because of the, you know." And then said reasons, lists them off A, B, C, right. D, E. Nowadays, you know, a kid could walk up and I'd be like, "I'm sorry, I can't say it's got a mature rating." And they just, "Mom, can you buy this for me?" Sure, just put it on there and they'll yeah, buy it. Like, oblivious. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Like okay, nowadays, you know, what I used to do at the movie theater couldn't go to an R-rated movie, right? So I'd buy a ticket for another movie and, and I'd go into the R movie, R- right? Yep. Yeah, so. And I mean, I'm sure that happens still, but at the same time, it's, it's that same concept of manipulating the system. But yeah, end of life and mature rating on a system that had, I believe, zero other mature rated games on it in its entire lifespan. Right. <laughs> so so now that we've uh, deep dived into this Conker's Bad Fur Day, on an 8-bit scale, what would you rate it? Uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day, gives, I have to give it a 8 out of 8. Eight out of eight. Eight out of eight. It gets a perfect score, not because it's the perfect game, but because it's a unique game. It's yeah. a game that's it works very well. It's a lot of fun, and it's a game unlike any other game. Like, like find me another game that's like Conker's Bad Fur Day. It's it, that's why I like it. You know, it's like, uh, oh Mario. It's unique, yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's not another Mario game. It's not another. It, it has its own story it has its own characters and it feels completely different and in a very dirty way which for me i i enjoy i enjoy the comedy i enjoy of of that game but uh yeah i'm gonna i have to give it an eight out of eight yeah i was gonna get it give it a seven just because of the small little things that i have to realize you know are just part of retro video games but then that german duck spoke and i just love him so much (laughs) i could listen to him just like tell the whole story of this game I, give it to the German duck. <laughs> give it to so him. I give him eight bits. That's right. Just in the German duck. Boom. German duck did it. <laughs> Put it over the edge. I love that guy. Yeah. I remember like listening. And I got the controller in my hand. And he comes on. And I'm like staring at the screen. And then I like look over at you. You look at me. I go, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. I feel like I feel like as that, that moment when that started to happen, it was just a downward spiral, though. It was like just cra- weirder and weirder shit happened to you over the next five minutes where you were like, I seriously 
might be like having a stroke or something. I don't know what's going on. I, you like hit every weird character all the way down, so it was it was fun. But. It was yeah, it was definitely amusing. Yeah, guys. So I mean, that's retro relapse. Um, we did Conquer's Bad Fur Day for the N sixty four this week, and it uh, was a lot of fun. If you are a fan, uh, like Jazzy said, you can play it on the N sixty four. It's going to cost you a pretty penny. You can play it on the Xbox original. It's still going to cost you a penny, maybe a little less, maybe like thirty thirty five dollars, but uh, if you really like it and you have a current gen, Xbox One is where to go. They have the Rare Replay is what it's called, and it's it's basically 30 games, and I actually think it's only $20 now, but it was 30 for 30 is what it was. You can buy a hard copy, you can buy it digitally, and Conqueror's Bad Fur Day is included in that package. So um, check it out, you know, or if you have a history with Conqueror's Bad Fur Day and you want to talk about it, let us know. Go to thelegendofretro.com and write in the podcast comments, uh, talk about Conquer's Bad Fur Day. We'd be happy to hold a conversation about that awesome game. Um, so that anybody that's new listening to Retro Relapse, what we do here is we do pick a game every week, but you can pick a game. So this is where we ask you for your help. Yep. Pick a game. Tell us what game you want us to play. So, again, all you have to do is go to our website, thelegendofretro.com. In the comments, say, Hey guys, I really like your show. You should play Superman 64 because I fucking hate you. And then guess what we'll do? We'll play Superman 64. We'll give you a shout out and say, Why do you want us to die? <laughs> okay. Why do you hate us so yeah. much? This is an example of someone that wants to troll us really hard. <laughs> Obviously, you can guys can say, Hey guys, you should play The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And then we would like you more than the other person. But... <laughs> Nonetheless, you control this segment. If no one sends anything in, then we'll pick our own game and keep it going. But realistically, we want you guys to pick. If we don't have it in the big collection of our games, then we will go find it as long as it's not some weird game like, hey, play Little Samson on the NES. I'm not going to go buy a $500 NES game. Sorry. But if it's reasonable, then we will add it to the collection, we will play it, and we will give you a shout-out. And uh, that's, that's how Retro Relapse works. If you uh, don't want to go to the website, you can also send it to info at um, sorry info at bxap.com. Um, our our email is not up yet, so eventually we will have an email. But for right now, just send it to info at bxap.com, and let's just simply in, in the uh, in the subject just say retro relapse recommendation or retro relapse request. I don't care, however you want to write it, but do uh, it. Yeah, fuck you guys. Play this game. That's fine too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So guys, please send in your uh, your request. I know we have Battle Ogre sixty four uh, in line. We, we're going to be acquiring that and, and giving that a run for Josh, I believe. And then uh, we have Ghostbusters in line for uh, LPJ and Shadowed Hearts on the PS two for Muhammad. Those are three that we have on the list. Um, all three we're acquiring, and will be uh, those will be retro relapses coming up. Yes, sir. So there you have it, guys. Um, that's been Retro Relapse, a really fun segment that we like to do here. All right. So next up, we're going to answer some emails. That's right. This is a retro show, but we still have email. Come on. Email's retro now, right? Yeah. So here we go. Here's some emails. All right, guys. So this is a segment where you guys send in questions. So right now, again, you send them into info at bxab.com. And eventually, we will switch over. We'll let you guys know when. And once we get our own custom email. But these guys at BXAB.com, they don't like us right now. So we're new. We don't get all the fancy, like, privileges that everybody else gets. But, you know, eventually we'll get there. I'm not liked by them or by the people on this show. (laughs) Yeah, you're not liked by anybody, Jesse. So just shut up. (laughs) So, all right. um, We're going to answer a couple questions that came in. Uh, First one is from Xander. Xander uh, wants to say, what game from the PS1, N64, or Dreamcast era would you like to see polished up and re-released as a downloadable game? Kind of like how Final Fantasy VII is for PS4 right now. For me, it's a toss-up between Chrono Cross and The Legend of uh, Mana. Perfect. I mean, if you've listened to the show, you've already heard mine. And if you haven't, Twisted Metal 2. <laughs> I would love to get my hands on some like polished up, even an 
a remake of the game just with the new stuff that they can do with it. Same storyline, remake of the game. That would be awesome. Yeah, there's so many good options here. Um, damn, I, I would have to say, though, my pick would be Power Stone for Dreamcast. Power Stone was like an open arena, like, I can't even explain it. I don't think I've really played another fighting game like it. It was like a three-dimensional world that you just had that that you fought in, and you had and you had items that would drop and stuff like that. And people are like, "Oh, Smash Brothers!" No, it's different than Smash Brothers. It was like I'm trying to think of another game that was like it, but it was so much fun. And there was two of them on the Dreamcast, but then they never made another one. It was a Capcom game, and I just I would love to see a current like a next-gen version of that. Yeah. Um, that would be really, really cool. That was such a fun game. I remember playing hours with, and it was another one like you know, four player local, but you didn't play a split screen because it was one open like area that it's you like played. Smash Brothers meets 3D map of Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, I, it kind of. Yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to. There's got to be another game that's like it that I just can't think about right now. But man, that game was fun. Power Stone for the Dreamcast would have to be one, and then uh, for the PS1. I'd love to see some new um, Mega Man Legends or, or a remake of Mega Man Legends, uh, which was your RPG Mega Man game. If I'm going to go N64, my, my mom actually just asked me this other day because her and I are huge fans of Dr. Mario. She's like, is there a new Dr. Mario game out? I was like, no, Mom, Nintendo 64 was the latest one. And she's like, oh, they should come out with a new one. So there you go. Remake Dr. Mario 64. Actually, uh, yeah, they could remake Dr. Mario 64, but... I believe there is a game out uh, via the virtual console. You download it. It's a Luigi-like game, but but when you buy it, you get Lu- Doctor Luigi. Oh, really? So it's a, it's a Doctor Mario, but with but Luigi, but Luigi. yeah, uh, mashup. So um, there there you go. You could, you could hook her check up. Check that with, up. Yeah, yeah, you have to look into that. Um, okay, so I want to. Bring up. Thank you for the question, Xander. First of all, I want to bring up the uh, next question, which is right. Found it. You found it? No. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember where it was. I'm I'm all messed up now. Here we go. Maybe this is it. No. Oh jeez. Oh, I did it. I messed it all up. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. Why it's because you? you're getting retro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you see what I did there? I don't see it. It's because you're getting older and losing your mind, Is so that... I called you retro. Oh, oh, you know what? I figured it out. Oh, jeez. I figured time. it out. I figured it out. Here we go. All right. So um, Jade chimed in. Jade? Who's yeah. that? Yeah, Jade. Well, Jade's my wife. Oh. And from time to time, she comes up with, uh, with a question. She doesn't interact a lot, but... Uh, she, once in a while, she comes up with a question that she just has to know the answer to. She questions me all the time. Yeah, well, that's different. But. <laughs> all right, so her question is, if you had to have sex with an original Smash Brothers character, who would it be and why? Kirby? Uh, is he original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kirby. <laughs> and why? Pushing cushion, baby. Pushing push cushion. <laughs> Oh, man. Mine's easy. I'm not even going to be funny with it. It's Metroid. It's because <laughs> because yeah, Samus Aran is hot as hell. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know. But, uh, yeah. There you go. It's all about the Kirby, though. The Kirby is, is a pretty good, pretty good answer. Um, but, yeah, Metroid, um, you know, she's she's hot. I like her. She's, <laughs> you know what? what is, it's, it's not that she's just hot. It's not that she's like, she's oh, hot. she got big tits and, 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 and like nothing like that. Because you can't really tell with a suit of armor, right? It's because she's a female badass. That's why. Yeah. Like, like, it's one thing to be like the damsel in distress type shit. You know, uh, like, like, I feel you. But when you have a female character that's a badass, that's like an instant turn on for me. Oh, I'm just put, yeah. put it in perspective nowadays. Do I think she's probably the hottest actress, like, in Hollywood right now? No, but Scarlett Johansson's a badass, which makes her that much hotter. Yeah, it does. It does. It definitely plays <laughs> to her character, like yep. you know. Um, but yeah, that that would be my answer. So thanks for the question, Jade. Um, Kirby. <laughs> this is perfect. This is a perfect transition for you because we're gonna move into. Uh, uh, DD's question. Oh, so, so a little side note here, guys. If this is your first retro show and you haven't listened to the BXAB podcast in the past, um, 
we used to have one show and now and now there's a retro show and there which is us and then there's the BXAB podcast which is like current gaming and and DD Dirty Dylan would always he would oh he sends a, he legitimately sent an email every show okay yeah and I have no idea who he is what like 86 86, 86 episodes? episodes yeah and they sent one in every show yeah. wow so, now he's now he's on to us yeah so he sends them in and sometimes when they're retro related they come to us so this is here it is Sup, boys? It's your boy, Dirty Dylan. What power would Kirby acquire for sucking each one of the BXAB dicks? <laughs> Stay filthy, DD. So I'm assuming because it was Kirby, it got thrown to us because it's retro. So, so, um, what power would you want him to acquire? To I mean, ha- he kind of always has that power because when you see Kirby's got that small mouth and it just gets real big to take my dick. No, that doesn't work that way for you. It's like the opposite. <laughs> you need it to get smaller. Okay, it gets real big to take my dick. <laughs> oh, this is episode one, and we just lost all of our fans. Uh, um, I would have to say, I mean, he doesn't say a legit power that Kirby actually acquires, so I would just say I would love a, um... <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. This is going to be good. Uh, Do it. A DSL power. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't have any lips, you know? He has right, no lips. So, right. like, so he'd get this power and just get these pucker <laughs> yeah. lips and just all of a sudden they'd be like, yep, okay. It's like Miss Potato had just... Yeah, there Throw you go. Those DSLs exactly. Right there, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, Jinx from Pokemon. Boom. Done. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. He swallows Jinx from Pokemon. <laughs> gains the lips. Sucks my dick. There you go. There's my answer. I'm done. I'm done with this. What the fuck? DD. Oh man. Oh my god. All right. I think he should have the power to like numb his throat. He doesn't need that for you. Again, I told you. <laughs> Why are you taking away everything that I've worked so hard to achieve? <laughs> Why do you hate me? Okay. All right. Let's reel it back in here. DD, right. thank you for the question. Um, hopefully, the next one goes to the Tuesday show because that was <laughs> fucked up. But um, All right. Well, guys, this has been our first retro podcast of The Legend of Retro. We appreciate everybody that's chiming in. Um, we'd love all the feedback we can get. So feedback can be yep. sent to info at bxap.com, and it can also be uh, just posted right on the comments of thelegendofretro.com, and right in the podcast page, just go and uh, hit it in the comments. Uh, leave us any feedback, things you hate, things you love, maybe some stuff you'd want to see. Uh, this show... Here's, here's a big announcement. This show will be streaming in the next couple weeks. So the concept of this show yeah. is that it's go- you're going to see us in the studio when we're recording it. And we're going to have a nice big screen playing old school video games. Not us so that we can focus on the show. But we're going to have like producers or guests in here that will be playing games while we're uh, talking about retro video games. So that'll be something new, and we just, you know, we're going to be growing this show. So it's very new. We got, we have a basic concept here, but we want you to have input on what you would like to see the show turn into. So again, chime in info at bxap.com or simply go to thelegendofretro.com and write in the podcast comments, leave what you, you know, your, your, your uh, feedback, what you thought. Yeah. So also check out bxab for all of their social media because they post a lot of cool retro stuff on there so you'll get to see clips of uh, some of our retro relapse on there and stuff like that um, so Instagram Twitter Facebook, Facebook Tumblr, Tumblr yeah, it's we, all BXAB Gaming yeah BXAB Gaming is the umbrella that we that we're underneath so if you if you find them and like them then you're going to see a lot of stuff from us uh, and the Legend of Retro you're going to see stuff from BXAB Podcast um, they have a Pop Hunter show on YouTube. So every every other week they have a Pop Hunter show. There's three or four episodes out of that now. Uh, Trinity Tribunal is a show that also is through BXAP, yep. and that is a comic book, movie, TV show type podcast. So they, BXAP covers a lot of stuff, and we're, we're excited to now have a retro yep. segment in the BXAP universe. So they have this cool retro thing that they've been doing is uh, they've been posting this pic with Mario like I, every seen, day, like yeah. every day of the week. I have to go on there like, hey, what's Mario doing today? 
Yeah, and I've then seen it posts that. them and like all these crazy things. I think so. my favorite one so far is uh, uh, today he was with um, the there's a there's a tinsel T Rex outside the studio, mm-hmm. and he was with them. So yeah. that was pretty cool. I like that one, but my favorite one is probably from right around Christmas. There's a giant Nerf war. <laughs> yeah, yep. and uh, let's just say. Everyone turned on Mario. So, yeah. you have to go see the photo to get the idea, but let's just say Mario did not make it out of that one. No. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he was in some rough shape. So, yeah, we have a lot of there, there, a lot of fun on Instagram where we post a lot of cool stuff, either collection or just fun, fun nerdy things that we come up with or fun stuff that we find on the internet. But, um, you guys, check us out. BXAP Gaming is how you can find the overall group. And uh, we are the legend of retro. So you can find everything retro-based right through us. Um, We air every week on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Overcast uh, every Thursday. So there you have it. You can find us, obviously, right at bxap.com as well. Or just go straight to us, thelegendofretro.com. Guys, it's been fun. We'll see you next week for episode two. Yeah. That's it for episode one. Have a great week, and uh, as the BXAP team always says, game Game on. on.